0: Well, not much economic data, but lots of worrying COVID numbers which seem to have hit the markets. They've been spooked today with big falls in equities and bond yields. Oil prices also down. A touch of the Delta blues, you could say. We'll look at why there's so much concern. And to add to the list of things to worry about, let's add China with evidence suggesting that Chinese nationals were involved in the hacking of Microsoft early in the year and allegations that the state knew about it. Could this make Australia-China relations sour even more? It's Tuesday, the 20th of July, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, big falls in equities. The Dow down 2.3%. The S&P 500 losing 2.1%. 1.3% off the NASDAQ. The Eurostox 50 down 2.7%. The DAX down almost as much. Uh, 2.3% down for the FTSE 100 And wait for this, 10 basis points off 10-year Treasuries in the US, down to 1.19%, the lowest since February. Yields down about the same amount in Canada as well, and 7 basis points off 10-year Gilt yields to 0.56%. German 10-year Bunds fell to minus 0.39%. In both cases, the lowest in uh, in the last five months. The US dollar is up. It climbed almost 0.4%, but it's lost more than half of that now on the DXY. It's been a bad session for the Aussie dollar. It was down around 1%, down 0.8% now. It got Low 73.3 US cents, the lowest it's been since November. Uh the Kiwi dollar uh was also 1% down, 0.9% down now. So it's regained just a little bit. The Canadian dollar also taking a 1.1% hit, 0.7% off cable, uh the US dollar half percent down on the Japanese yen, and big falls in oil, 6.8% off Brent, WTI 7.6% down. So there's a lot happening there. Here's Nabs Tapas Strickland in Sydney. Uh Tapas a bit of a rush for safe havens, isn't it? We've also got the VIX index, uh, the volatility index, which uh, which shot up as well today. Uh, good morning, Phil. Yes,
1: some very large market moves there, as you noted in the intro, and uh, pretty much all due to those concerns over COVID-19. And in many respects, when you look at the 2.1% fall so far in U.S. equities. It's very reminiscent of the trading patterns that prevailed in the early days of the pandemic, and that basically being investors selling companies uh, directly affected by restrictions on movement. Um, for example, American Airlines is down by around four and a half percent, while buying government bonds and stock and stocks that really stand to benefit from uh, tighter virus restrictions. So, example uh, retailer Etsy is up around two and a half percent. So, um, I-, I think you can attribute um, much of this move uh, to concerns around the delta variant and then as for the reason why everyone is so concerned about the delta variant i think over the past couple of weeks uh, bond markets have been rallying and uh, key risk currencies have been selling off and a lot of people were asking exactly what is the fx market and what is the bond market seeing that the equity market isn't and uh, i think some of the reason for those moves was those concerns around the Delta variant and its spread in emerging markets, particularly in Asia. And I think those concerns have, have spread further. And you're starting to see new virus cases rise quite sharply in the UK, in the US, and throughout Europe as
0: well. Now, you would have thought, though, wouldn't you, that uh, there's certainly been the case in the past that lower bond yields have helped tech stocks because they've got that longer term growth horizon. But that's not what we're seeing today, is it? I guess it's been overblown by the, the concerns about what, what happens next. Uh, because, you know, we've got Apple down 2.8%, Microsoft. Has lost one and a half percent. You know, banks are down. We expect that uh, oil, uh, obviously, oil stocks down as well. It is, it is right across the board this morning. Uh,
1: definitely, and I think it's also just worth noting this uh, fall in equities also comes after a period of a lot of questioning about where the valuations are in terms of equities, yeah. and a lot of people were talking about how narrowly based the rally in equities were, and whether equities were due for some kind of correction. And I think that's also been swept up in this story yeah. as well.
0: All right, well, those cases. I mean, let's look at them. I mean, they've been, if you look at it globally, uh, and this is the effect of the Delta virus, uh, cases have been rising since late June. The daily average has risen globally by almost 50%. The UK cases are 30 times higher than they were in late May. Uh, the New York Times this morning is reporting that Arkansas, Florida, Louisiana and Nevada, uh, they're all uh, areas of concern because they've seen cases more than doubling in the last two weeks and hospitalizations are up 70%. Uh, because there's a lot of people not vaccinated there. That's why they're seeing it uh, following through to hospitalizations And there's a real slowdown in vaccine take-ups as well, despite this spread of the variant. There's a lot for Australia to learn from all of this, I think.
1: Uh, definitely. And I just thought it was interesting that uh, on the UK's Freedom Day, that the UK PM is in isolation and the US CDC is yep. warning uh, not to travel to the UK due to the Delta um, um, outbreak. So it seems like the... The, the recovery or the pace of the recovery that markets had been pricing in might have to be shifted out by a, a quarter until you get that vaccination rate up high enough um, so the u k has now vaccinated i think about sixty eight percent of its adult population and is still seeing uh, that dramatic rise in cases uh, so in terms of lessons yeah. for Australia, it really shows you that while while the vaccines are very effective against hospitalization and we 've listed those a degree of efficacy on this morning call before, but just to Reminder that the AstraZeneca vaccine is about 93% effective against hospitalisation, and Pfizer is about 96% effective against um, against hospitalisation. They only give 60% effective protection against infection. So effectively, uh, you, you can be fully vaccinated, still have the virus, not have a severe case, but also but still be able to transmit the virus as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's a, clearly what's happening in the UK. And then you had the UK's chief scientific advisor saying 60% of those people in hospital are fighting COVID right now, even though it's a lot less than they've seen in previous waves in hospital, but 60% of those have actually had two doses of the of the, the vaccine. So that's concerning. But the death rate is is very <laughs> low. Um, so, yeah. And and so what does this do for central banks then? So we had Joe Biden talking directly to Jerome Powell uh, over the last day saying, you know, the Fed should do whatever is necessary to combat inflation. I'm sure they said, well, oh, fine. Thanks, because that's what we do. Uh, <laughs> but um, is inflation going to be? As much of a worry if we're seeing this slow down in recovery. I mean, it, it does mean that prices will go high if we have more supply concerns. But it also means obviously jobs recovery uh, is, is going to slow right down as well. So it sort of just puts paid to Jerome Powell's approach, doesn't it? To say, you know, we, we've, we've got to be in this for the long haul.
1: Uh, definitely. You would have to say U.S. policy is probably calibrated perfectly uh, for that scenario in which uh, a lot of the rise in inflation that we have seen in the U.S. proves to be transitory. And we start to see that towards the end of the year and those effects start to fade into 2022. Uh, and looking at some of the major rises in commodities that have been driven that have been driving some of the rise, you're starting to see those edge lower. So we've talked at length about the decline in lumber prices since May. Um, add into that mix uh, some notion of used car sales um, yep. starting to edge lower as well. So you, there's some good reasons to think um, that a lot of those transitory trans- trans- components will, will start to fade from here.
0: Now, oil, uh, we were saying yesterday that the OPEC deal wasn't so overwhelming that there'd be much of a reaction but i mean we've seen we've seen a bit of reaction today but how much of that uh, i mean big falls in oil prices but how much of that is uh, is to do with this opec uh, agreement which we sort of knew that was coming and it is as i said yesterday you know it's it's, it's incremental and they could you know meet again in a few months and t- change their mind over it so how much of it is to do with that uh, and and how much is it to do with concerns about a lack of demand because of you know everything else that we've been seeing today
1: It's really a combination of of the two. And just to reiterate what OPEC agreed to, I think they agreed to increase uh, oil production by about 400,000 barrels. Um, But at the same time, all those concerns around the spread of the Delta variant is really stoking that broader risk-off mood in in markets and uh, about the potential for fresh mobility restrictions in many parts of Asia uh, will likely push back that oil recovery.
0: And then, to add to all of this concern, China woes, so that Microsoft exchange hack that we saw earlier this year has now been tied to China. Uh, Joe Biden says the government is not doing it, but it is protecting whoever 's doing it, maybe even accommodating those who are doing it and Then you had the uh, the u s Secretary of State saying responsible states don 't harbor cyber criminals. Uh, add to that, you know, the, the unanswered questions around COVID nineteen, and we really could see this uh, this relationship, the the West relationship with China, sour more, couldn't we? And I, I and I wonder what that's going to do for Australia China tensions.
1: Uh, definitely. So uh, for Australia China tensions, and indeed uh, New Zealand China tensions, yes. I don't think uh, they're likely to to improve against this kind of backdrop. There, but also interesting that although those headlines came out. I don't think there was any sections levied against China Um, and really it was more about raising its concerns with Beijing and bringing it more into the open there so um, nothing concrete to come out of it uh, but just reiterates the intense rivalry uh, that is occurring uh, between China and uh, the US and its allies.
0: Yeah, now look if we want, because it's all been bad news this morning so how about some good news? The coronavirus recession in the US lasted only two months, March and April last year so that makes it the shortest recession in history according to the national bureau of economic researchers business cycle dating committee <laughs> and uh, who decide apparently uh, how long recessions are you know what the official definition of them is but uh, this is semantics isn't it because i mean we're not back to pre-pandemic levels now so it just shows what a useless definition uh the a recession is really i mean we've still got 6.8 million people uh, who were unemployed who aren't unemployed now in the united states so who cares if it was a short recession it was a bad one
1: Oh, it, yes, it was a very short, sharp recession. But uh, I think also just given that the recession was only two two months long in their view, um, mm. it also suggests the recession has been quite, quite unique and really hard to put into the kind of traditional boxes that we think of a recession, mm. a recovery, a trough in activity, and then a rebound. Uh, and I I think for policy, that makes it very, very hard. Um, So in many places in the world, while the US obviously still has payroll, still, what, six and a half million below uh, pre-pandemic levels, in places like Australia, you have employment above pre-pandemic and the same thing in New Zealand as well. So uh, exactly how do you calibrate policy in that environment when you have had a short sharp? recession and I think that is what markets have been struggling with over the past mm.
0: six months or so yeah but but I mean the one takeout from all of these numbers that we're seeing now is that vaccines do work isn't it because uh, even though we are seeing for in the UK for example this big rise in numbers we're not seeing the same rise in hospital hospitalizations and certainly not the same number of fatalities
1: uh, in, in, in indeed and I think that's the key, key takeaway so while there has been definitely risk off today I think um, generally that vaccine story still paints a very positive Mm. picture about the outlook there and while you noted in the UK, you're starting to see some of the people within the hospital um, having been fully vaccinated. Uh, in the US, um, most of the patients that are being treated in hospital, about 97% of them are unvaccinated or only partially vaccinated. So it's still yeah. telling that broad
0: positive story about Yeah, well, the, 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 the issue in the United States is those states where the vaccine level uh, take up is very low, isn't it? Uh, which coincidentally seem to be the states that uh, voted for. Uh, for the uh, for the former president, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, look, today the RBA minutes. Um, no, hasn't Philip Lowe sort of said it all? Uh, we also get the uh, the consumer confidence numbers in ours as well. Um, so there might be a little less confidence right now. It might be fair to say.
1: Uh, yes, and I think the RBA minutes are worth uh, looking at uh, in the context of recent media articles. So. Uh, yesterday, uh, there was one article in the AFR and on the weekend in The Australian about how the RBA could react uh, if Sydney and if Victoria were to go into a protracted lockdown that extended into August. And there's some speculation that the RBA could uh, push back on its already announced taper of uh, QE purchases to mm. $4 billion uh, from $5 billion a week. Um, uh, and... I think people will be reading the, uh, the the minutes within that light, although really the minutes predate uh, the kind of yep. most recent um, lockdown restrictions in Victoria and uh, also the extension in, in, in Sydney as well. So we're unlikely to glean too much new light into that. Um, but I think it's just worth noting those two media articles clearly show the RBA is signalling to the market um, that it is considering the policy options that it has if uh, these lockdowns were to be more
0: Protracted than what is currently penciled in. Yeah, it's going to make it more more important, isn't it, to listen to what they have to say over the over the coming weeks. Uh, we also get the uh, PBOC's uh, loan prime rate, Japan's CPI today, US building permits, and housing starts. Uh, none of those are really market changing, are they? It really depends on this mood on the uh, on the COVID story.
1: I, definitely, it's a very quiet uh, international calendar, and I think all focus is still going to be on the the virus cases here. All
0: right, very good. Uh, Nice to talk, Tapas. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Uh, Cheers. Uh, Thanks, Phil. I wish I uh, could play the slide guitar so I could give you a bit of the Delta Blues to play out with today, but I can't. Uh, That's it for today. Back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.